Sangha is an organism, is a super organism, and each of us is a is a tissue, is a, a um, cell in the body of the Sangha. In the crystal gospel, we, uh, we read uh, whenever there, there are two or three of you gather in my name. So the number two and three were mentioned. In the Buddhist tradition, the minimum number of uh, individuals that can, can make up a Sangha is for the strict uh, minimum. Uh, five is uh, a comfortable number. So if you want to build a Sangha, um, begin with uh, five. If it is less than five, it is not a Sangha. With five members, we can make a decision concerning the life of the Sangha, the practice of the Sangha. There's a procedure called Sangha Katma. And everything is decided by that democratic procedure. And the Sangha is uh, using its Sangha eyes in order to make the decision. You have your insight, you have your experience, but you have to combine your insight and experience with the insight and experiences of, uh, of other members of the Sangha. And when the Sangha has made uh, the decision, everyone has to follow. Our retreat has the theme of the Buddha eyes. But it's best to understand the Buddha eyes with the Sangha eyes. If we live in a Sangha body, we surely have the Sangha eyes. And the Sangha eyes is much brighter than the eyes of individuals in the Sangha. That is why you have to take refuge in the Sangha. You trust the inside of the Sangha, the eye of the Sangha. And uh, we learn to look at the Buddha eyes with the eyes of uh, the Sangha. The Sangha has to meet very often, regularly. Because there should be a good uh, um, uh, situation of uh, communication within the Sangha. If there is no communication in the Sangha, it is not a Sangha. And the Sangha communicates with each other in several ways. It's very important that we learn the practical, the concrete ways 
by which the Sangha operates, because each of us should be a Sangha builder. There's a formula that uh, that we have to uh, to memorize. It's very simple. Has the has the community assembled? That is the question uh, asked by uh, a senior member of uh, the Sangha. And another answer, the Sangha has assembled. When I was a novice, at the age of 16, I was very impressed by that uh, Sangha Katmang procedure. <coughs> After the recitation of uh, of uh, of uh, a gata or a sutra and then the senior member of the sangha will uh, make a sound There's a, there is an instrument made a little piece of wood I do not have an equivalent here but maybe this one and the sound is very sharp. And everyone pay attention. And then he asks, has the sun, has the community assembled? That is the all sign sign of Vietnamese. Tang And then the other Tang Yi the community has assembled. The next question is Hua Fu it means is there harmony in the Sangha? And the other person said Hua there is harmony. And if the answer is negative the meeting is cancelled. Right away. And people have to practice beginning a new reconciliation before the meeting is convened again. I would like to repeat. The first question asked is, has the Sangha assembled? The Sangha assembled. Is there harmony in the Sangha? Yes. There is harmony in the Sangha. The third question. Have those who have not received uh, the precepts left the meeting? The answer is that yes, they have left. 
Because only those who have received the precepts have the right of voting. Because you know that in the fourfold Sangha, there are fully ordained monks and nuns, and there are novices and lay people. And this uh, is a Sangha Kakmang performed by fully ordained monks or nuns. And that is why the third question is that have the ones who have not fully ordained, not been fully ordained, left? And then the answer should be positive. Those who have not been ordained as a bhikshu, as a monk, fully monks or nuns, they have left. So the novice should not be there, the lay people should not be there, only the fully ordained monks or nuns. And then basing on that, uh, 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 the meeting can go on. The fourth question, what is the purpose of the Sangha meeting today? And then the answer comes, the purpose of the Sangha meeting today is to recite the precepts, or to discuss about whether to accept such a such person into the Sangha. Uh, many, many items can be listed as the topic, as the purpose of uh, the meeting of the Sangha. We have to pay attention to the fact that only fully ordained monks can make the decision. If you are a community of novices, and then only those of you who have received the novice precepts could make uh, the decision as far as the novice community is concerned. If you are a member of the order of interbeing who have received the 14 precepts, and then before doing Sangha Karma, uh, you have to make sure that other people who have not received the 14 precepts uh, not be there for decision making to be to be legal and if you are those who have received five uh, mindfulness trainings and if you are to make a decision for the community for the sangha of the f- of, uh, of uh, five uh, mindfulness trainings and then you have to make sure that other people who have not received uh, the five mindfulness trainings uh, not be there before you can you can vote. So this is a, a democratic uh, procedure uh, invented uh, during the time of the Buddha. It has uh, lasted more than 2,600 years. The Sangha of uh, fully, ordained monk, fully ordained monks and nuns are at the center of the fourfold Sangha. It is like the, the roots. And there are six, uh, six uh, principles that, uh, that uh, serve as the foundation for the Sangha life. We call it the six uh, togetherness. 
in order to be a real Sangha. Uh, you should have this kind of uh, togetherness. The first kind of togetherness is that uh, your bodies should be together in a place. It means living together 24 hours a day in the same place. This is mentioned very concretely. This is the body, your physical body. Your physical body should be there, living together with other people. It means you have to live under the same roof, in the same center, and sharing everything in order for you to be a true Sangha. That's the first condition the first togetherness. We live together in one place and our bodies should be present. Your spirit is not enough. Your body should be there. The second second togetherness is uh, the mindfulness training and the mindful manners the same the same kind of mindfulness trainings the same kind of mindfulness mindful manners should be observed by everyone in the sangha if you are a sangha of uh, fully ordained monks, and then you should observe the same mindfulness trainings in the name in an, at the number of 250. Do you know that uh, the fully ordained monks have uh, 250 uh, mindfulness trainings to learn and train? And the fully ordained monks have, uh, the fully ordained nuns have more for their protection also. This is very important because this is the, the training, this is the basic training of uh, members of a Sangha. You train by mindfulness trainings. If, uh, if uh, you lead a lay life and if you, if you need to train yourself in the teaching of Buddha, then you have to receive the five mindfulness trainings. And you have to come together in order to practice the recitation of the five mindfulness trainings. You have to come together in order to, 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 to practice uh, the Dharma discussion uh, about the five trainings so that your, uh, your application uh, of the five trainings in daily life will deepen uh, day by day. And you have your root center. 
and you may like to organize uh, your mindfulness trainings uh, uh, recitation uh, at the root temple where the root sangha is there. Because mindfulness trainings, Sheila, is the most concrete expression of mindfulness practice. You are aware of the suffering caused by that kind of thinking, that kind of action, that kind of speech. That is why you are determined to practice the five, five mindfulness trainings in order to avoid thinking that way, to avoid speaking that way, to avoid acting that way, in order to, for you to be protected and for the people living together with you be protected. So when you practice mindfulness trainings, you protect yourself and you protect your sangha at the same time. And that is why everyone practices the same mindfulness trainings and that is uh, very crucial for the well-being and the happiness of the Sangha. Without the second togetherness, it is not a Sangha. It is a group of people, but it is not a Sangha. And uh, when we come together, in order to recite the mindfulness trainings, we have to go through the Sangha Kakmang procedure with these questions and these answers. Because during the mindfulness training recitation, we might discover that someone in the Sangha is not practicing well the trainings. <coughs> and uh, it, it, that kind of uh, situation can bring suffering to the community. And therefore, the whole Sangha will support that uh, individual to practice uh, beginning anew. Uh, in order for him or for her to be renewed. And the Sangha will meet in order to, to offer that individual the kind of practice that will help him or her renew itself, to renew herself or himself. It may be seven days of probation or practice of, uh, of uh, seclusion. It may be uh, 50 days. It may be three months. It may be nine months. It depends on the Vinaya. The Vinaya is a coat of uh, monastic coat that can provide you with uh, 
uh, information so that you can you can help an individual or a group uh, to renew himself or itself in order to be fully integrated into the Sangha life again. Suppose you violated uh, uh, the rule. Suppose you uh, uh, mm, you have lied. You have made. Uh, 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 you have uh, performed an action, an act. Uh, you have uh, spoken in such a way that has caused division uh, and hatred in the community. And now the Sangha, uh, during the recitation of uh, the precepts, you are asked whether, whether uh, you have, in the last, during the last two weeks, you have practiced well that precept, and you didn't, you remain silent. You remain silent. Because you remain, when you remain silent, it means that you have you have uh, uh, kept the precept, you have practiced well the precept. And the question may be put uh, forth three times. Dear brothers, or dear sisters, <coughs> this is the second mindfulness training. <coughs> have you made an effort to learn, to study, to practice it during the past two weeks. And if uh, you have uh, uh, you have uh, made a mistake, you have caused suffering, you have violated the precepts, and if you remain silent, it means you commit another offense. You lie. And if you continue to lie for six six months, and one day it is discovered by another member of the community, uh, you might confess by yourself, and then the period of probation, seclusion, will be six months. And during day and night you practice, beginning anew, uh, and after that a ceremony will be uh, performed in order to reintegrate you into the, wood, uh, into the Sangha life into the Sangha again. And these are, uh, if you study the Vinaya, the code, uh, the monastic code, you see that. There are those of us who spend 10 years or 20 years in order to study just the Vinaya, the monastic code. Because the Sangha life is guided by the monastic code. There are minor uh, um, violations of uh, the monastic code, and you need only to kneel down and confess it with a, a brother in a community, and then you are renewed. But there are more serious uh, violations of the monastic code that you should uh, uh, spend more time in order to practice, in order to purify yourself, in order to be reintegrated fully into the Sangha life. And it is the Sangha who prescribes the course of uh, practice. 
it's very, very uh, uh, subtle and with much details. And in a Buddhist uh, Sangha, you have uh, masters who are specialized on the Vinaya, on, on mindfulness trainings, and mindfulness. So the practice of the mindfulness trainings are at the heart of the Sangha life. If uh, that is a, a real Sangha, a true Sangha, and then you know that the practice of mindfulness trainings uh, uh, is there in the heart of the Sangha. Tiếng Hoa Đồng Giải Tiếng here means uh, <coughs> your views, your insight, your understanding, your wisdom. It can be translated as insight, knowledge, understanding. Because the life of a Sangha member is to practice looking deeply, practicing, practicing mindfulness, practicing concentration, practicing uh, insight, so that you can understand uh, deeply what is there, whether it is a flower uh, or a mental uh, formation. Because uh, meditation is uh, the act of looking deeply into the nature of things in order to understand your happiness, your sorrow, your fear, your hope. Uh, your anger, uh, a pebble, a cloud, everything can be the object of your inquiry, your, your, your meditation. So it is because uh, mindfulness is there, concentration is there, every member of the Sangha is getting more and more insight every day, more and more information every day. And that should be shared. That is why the third togetherness of the Sangha is the sharing. Everything you acquire, you obtain in your life of a practitioner, you are ready to share. And Dharma discussion is one way, one of the ways of sharing. In sitting in a circle, you share your practice your difficulties, your achievement, your insight with other members of the Sangha. You have the, the duty of sharing. And other people in the Sangha have the duty of uh, receiving, uh, of profiting from your insight, your understanding, your experiences. And the sharing should be permanent. And Dharma discussion 
is uh, is a practice where you can use your language, your notions. Mankind is endowed with uh, language. We can share our insight, our experience by, by, by Dharma discussion. The secret of the success of Western science is that since the 17th century until now, uh, discoveries in the domain of science have been shared together. If you have discovered something in the domain of science, and then you can publish your insight in a uh, science magazine and so on, so that other scientists will, will be aware of that, and that will help them to make their own discovery. This is the success of uh, the, the deepest goals of the success of science in the West. The sharing is very crucial for the growth and the happiness, the stability and the liberation of uh, members of the same Sangha. That's why sharing should be permanent. The technique of uh, soliciting many modest contributions in a field of science contributions to the store of uh, human knowledge has been the secret of the success of western science and uh, a scientist whose name is uh, Zeman has said this, the innovation, the invention, the invention of a mechanism for the, for the systematic publication of all fragments of scientific work may well have been the key event in the history of modern science. We have to invent a kind of mechanism so that fragments of scientific work could be published and that will help tremendously. The sharing is very important and what makes a Sangha a real Sangha is the sharing is permanent day and night. And uh, we do not share only with our 
with our speech, with what we say. In a practicing Sangha, we share. We share in many other ways also. In the Dharma talk, we may learn that when the other person uh, hurt you, when the other person uh, say things that can be insolent, hurting, you should go back to your mindful breathing and be yourself. Uh, mindful breathing can help you to be yourself and not to allow, not to let you to be. Uh, carried away by anger. Mindful breathing and deep looking can help you to understand and overcome uh, your anger or prevent your anger to manifest. And you may learn things like that. And that is a kind of sharing. But sometimes we don't, don't share by 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 a Dhamma talk. Living in Sangha, we can share by other means. When you are provoked, when you find yourself in a situation where you can get angry very easily, the other person wrote you a very nasty letter, the other person said something very nasty, uh, cruel to you, uh, in the presence of many other people, you remain calm, you remain fresh and smile. And that is communication. That is a real communication. <coughs> Members of the Sangha witness to that realization in you. They see your solidity, they see you can protect yourself, they see you are, you are well protected by the practice and they marvel at your capacity of remaining calm in such a situation. And they say, if he can do like that, why not me? And that is communication. I do not communicate with my Sangha, with my Dhamma talks alone. I communicate with my way of walking, my way of uh, looking, my way of uh, acting and reacting, my way of sitting, my way of uh, handling difficulties that arise in the Sangha. So in a true Sangha, communication should be permanent so that insight, not only in terms of notions, and ideas, but inside as reality be communicated. There are many young members of the Sangha, but the way they move around is very peaceful, very pleasant, very happy. 
the way of uh, talking, the way of reacting are so wonderful. They do not actually give Dhamma talks, but they are giving Dhamma talks with their own body, with their own way of walking and sitting and smiling. And that is part of uh, the third uh, togetherness. And in a Sangha, it should be that element in order for the Sangha to be a real Sangha. We know that uh, humans have many ways to communicate with each other. We can accumulate, accumulate uh, information. The accumulation, the processing, and the retrieval of, uh, of, uh, of information. That is what we do every day. And now we have the internet. We can share, we can store, we can download. We can do everything in order to enrich the treasure of information we have. But information, we know, are not enough. Because information are presented and preserved only in notions and speech. We need more information, the kind of information about how to live a happy life, how to be free, how to be compassionate compassionate. All these things are difficult, more difficult to communicate than, than notions and concepts. We know that the bees, they communicate. They communicate ceaselessly. We know that the ants, the termites, they communicate ceaselessly. There are many ways of uh, communicating. We humans, we communicate, but sometimes it's difficult. Very often we feel stuck. And you should learn how to remove the obstacles within ourselves and within the other people so that communication will be possible again. These obstacles, we have to call them by their true names. Prejudices, jealousy, anger, arrogance, and so on. And in the Sangha, everyone is motivated by the desire to remove these obstacles and to, to transform these obstacles so that information, uh, 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 communication be restored. In the community of the sisters in the New Hamlet, there is one, one nun who is very quiet. She does not, uh, uh, she does not talk a lot. She does not give uh, spectacular Dhamma talks. 
she did not she does not uh, uh, propose uh, uh, spectacular ideas she, she just she just live her life as a nun in a community but she is very determined to practice uh, as a nun she is happy she is solid she is committed to her life her life as a nun. And her stability, her joy, her happiness communicate a lot, a lot. And everyone, every monastics profit from that, that her presence. It does not seem that she, she, she is trying to communicate at all. Because she speaks very little. And yet she communicates very well. And uh, we'd be very lucky if we have many people in the Sangha like her. Because they contribute a lot of stability, a lot of freedom, a lot of happiness. And that is why communication has to be understood on that level also. On the level of action on the level of non-action, namely on the level of being. That is the third togetherness, sharing. You are determined to go home and build a Sangha. You know that the sixth togetherness Six togetherness are so crucial for, for the well-being of a Sangha. And the third one, communication, sharing at many levels. The fourth is Khao Hoa Votan. How means your, your mouth, your speech. You practice uh, loving speech. You, you practice the fourth uh, mindfulness trainings in such a way that there will be harmony in the community. You speak with calm. You try to speak with uh, uh, with uh, gentleness in a community. The happiness depends very much on the way we communicate with each other with words. You know, when you are angry, when you are overwhelmed by an emotion, when you are jealous, uh, you may say things that can cause the community to, to suffer and to break. And that is why one of the four togetherness is that you all practice loving speech. It's so important. Even if we have all the other factors for happiness, 
And if we don't have this factor, love and speech, happiness still does not exist. And therefore, uh, learning to speak in such a way that uh, that uh, concord, happiness, and peace be preserved in the community is a very important. And this need training. When you feel that uh, you are not peaceful enough to say something, don't say it yet. You still have time to say it. You have the right to tell him or to tell her what is in your heart. Of course. But you have to say it in such a way that will not disrupt the harmony and the peace in the community. So wait until you are calm enough to write down that on a piece of paper, wait until you are calm enough in order to say it with loving kindness. The fifth one is Lời Hoa Đồng Quân. Lời means uh, material uh, resources should be shared equally. Everything uh, should belong to the community and uh, members of the community when they need uh, something uh, the community will provide them with uh, what they, they need in terms of uh, food, in terms of uh, uh, cloth, in terms of shelter, in terms of uh, medical uh, uh, treatments, and so on. And a monk is supposed uh, to have only three ropes and one bowl. Uh, and one uh, water filter. When you are ordained as a monk or as a nun, uh, uh, the material conditions for you to be ordained as a monk or nun is to have three ropes. Uh, usually you need only one, but in a time of uh, cold, uh, you can use the three other ropes to, as, uh, as a blanket. And then you need uh, a bowl in order to, uh, to, to, to go for the arm uh, round in the morning to get something to eat in the morning. And also you need a, a filter a water filter. If you don't have these things, and then you, are, you cannot be ordained as a monk or as a nun. That dated back to the time of the Buddha. When I was a novice, that struck me very much that uh, every time you drink a glass of water, you have to breathe in, breathe out, and visualize that there are many uh, tiny living beings in the glass of water. 
and you have to recite a mantra so that uh, compassion uh, will arise in you before you eat or uh, you drink that water. I still remember Phật Quán Nhất Bác Thủy Bác Vàng Tứ Thiên Trùng Nhược Bất Trì Thứ Chú Như Thực Chúng Sanh san Nhục With uh, uh, the Buddha uh, when looking into a glass of water he see he recognized the existence of 84,000 uh, living beings tiny living beings and if you do not practice this gata to give rise to your compassion uh, you are eating the flesh of living beings the the manual that the novice use dated 400 years ago uh, long before the 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 manifestation of uh, Louis Pasteur <laughs> and yet according to the eyes of the Buddha there are so many living beings in just a glass of water If you practice uh, 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 concentration deeply enough, you see things that other people cannot see. The Buddha did not use a microscope. He did not have uh, scientific instruments, but he saw very much the same thing. He saw tiny living beings living in the water. And he advised... Uh, his disciples to use a water filter although he knows that uh, the water filter cannot fill all living beings but it helps I was very impressed when I when I saw that Gata in a book for novice holding the glass of water like this you read the Gata breathing in and breathing out and you recognize that there are tiny living beings in there and you have to got compassion in you it's a very beautiful practice and then uh, outside beside the, the three ropes the one bowl and the water filter and then the community may have other uh, other uh, other goods and uh, that is to be shared equally uh, among members of the same Sangha Lợi Hòa Đồng Quân and the last one is Y Hòa Đồng Duyệt Yuet means happy, joyful. And E means your, your, your ideas, your notions. Because people have different ideas as how to do that. The Sangha will have to do something. But there are so many ideas. People are inclined to do things in their own way. So there are different ideas. And this is the art of combining ideas in order for 
to, in order to make everyone happy. The synthesis of all ideas, and that is an art of practice in the Sangha. You have an idea, and the other member of the Sangha may have an, another idea that, is, that's, that looks like the opposite of your idea. And that happens very, very often in the Sangha. Your idea is like black, and her idea is like white. It cannot come together. But the art is to practice looking deeply in order to see the nature of the two ideas. And very soon we can see that the two ideas can complement each other, can, 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 uh, can support uh, each other, complete each other. From the thesis, we have the in, uh, uh, antithesis, and if we know how to do things, and then we have a synthesis. This is always true. So you are free to state your idea, so to, 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 to express your idea, even if your idea is just the opposite of uh, his idea. The Sangha will find a way in order to combine the wisdom of the two ideas. And even if you have three ideas, five ideas, the Sangha will be able to do that for the happiness of everyone. And this is an art of combining ideas. And this is the sixth togetherness that we have to practice. And this is a prescribed by the Buddha himself, how to build a happy Sangha as you have the, sixth, the practice of sixth togetherness. The Sangha has to be built with the practice of the sixth togetherness. You cannot build a Sangha by telephone. You cannot build the Sangha with email and letters. You cannot build a Sangha even with ordinations. The Sangha has to live together, practicing together, share together, combine ideas together. And when you have a Sangha like that, many people can come and take refuge. You may belong to the extended uh, Sangha. This is the root Sangha, the core Sangha. And you may belong to the Sangha, and your Sangha may be called extended Sangha. This is the core Sangha and the extended Sangha. And the extended Sangha do not have to stay 24 hours a day with the core core Sangha. But members of the extended Sangha can profit to the maximum, the presence of the core Sangha. And that is why you make an effort to go back to the core Sangha as much as you can. You might like to organize uh, the mindfulness trainings, recitation. 
uh, uh, where the core sangha is. Suppose you have uh, received the fourteen mindfulness trainings, and you can only meet with members of your sangha uh, once a week or once in every two weeks. And during that time, the hours when you spend time together and practicing together, you are a real sangha. But when you go home, the situation is not the same. And that is why members of the of uh, the extended sangha had to find ways to go back as much as possible to the core sangha. A group of people operating only on, on letters and electronic uh, mail or telephone cannot be called a sangha. A real sangha has to practice the six uh, togetherness and it is a real refuge. That is why the setting up of uh, permanent sanghas are very crucial. You are very lucky if in your area there is uh, a permanent sangha, there is a core sangha, where people live together 24 hours a day, building the sangha. And this is a refuge. A refuge not only to the extended sangha, for, uh, but for the society as a whole. Therefore, supporting the setting up of a permanent sangha in your area is very important. You know, when we established the Vermont, uh, uh, the Green Mountain uh, Dharma Center, we sent there 12 monks and 12 nuns, the Maple Forest uh, Monastery. And this is a big gift that we gave to the state of Vermont. Because uh, this is a real sangha. There are monks, nuns, lay people who live together and practicing the six uh, togetherness. And that is why to set up that kind of sangha and to support the setting, setting up of, uh, that, uh, of that kind of sangha is very crucial because people will feel very comfortable. Uh, they have the, a place to take refuge in, a, a live sangha, a living sangha, a real sangha. And the extended sangha can be strong only with the presence of such a sangha in the area.
It's very interesting to observe the life of Sangha and to observe the life of uh, a beehive, an anthill, or the life of the termites. With the Dharma, with the practice of the six togetherness, it is possible that we can do as, as good as uh, the bees. And we can do better. We can do better. Yesterday I said that when, uh, when you observe a solitary ant, you don't see much uh, of a mind or of a thought. Only when you see thousands and thousands of ants in an ant hill blackening the soil, and you see the organism, the real organism, the animal, with all the intelligence, the thinking, the strategy, and so on. When you put uh, four or five uh, termites on a plate, where there, are, there is soil, and uh, pellets, the termites just go around. They may hold one pellet and put it down, and they go around and they, they just do that. But when you put more of them into the same place, and when the termites reach the community size, intelligence begin to express itself. We have talked about uh, Sangha, and we know that uh, the number five is, uh, is, the, is the minimum that can make uh, up a Sangha. Because uh, only with five could we uh, perform uh, uh, perform the Sangha Katmang procedure, decision making. When the ants, when the termites reach the community size, they begin to operate as an organism. They begin to build columns, like, uh, like, uh, like the termites. They use the soil, they use the pallets, and they build a column. And when the column reaches a certain height, they stop. We ask, why do they stop? Because they, they naturally know that it's high enough. And that is inscribed in, in the experience, in the body. And they begin to build another column. And when the other column reaches the same, same height, they begin to build the art, arches that link this column to the column. And after they finish and observe them doing so, 
they make very beautiful curving, very symmetric kind of arches like that. And after they finish one, they begin another. And they continue to build very beautiful uh, uh, vaulted chambers like that. And you know that in their home they have all kinds of, uh, of uh, comforts. They are capable of, uh, of, uh, of uh, setting up air uh, conditioners. <laughs> they uh, ventilation. Uh, they, can, uh, they can farm inside. They can raise uh, livestock. And armed, uh, they can send whole armies into war, and they capture uh, slaves. They do everything that the humans uh, do. <coughs> but they are not. Uh, they don't know how to sit at the conference table in order to make peace. That is why I said that we can do better. With the Sixth Concourse, we can become as good as the bees, the termites, the ant. But with the Sixth Concourse, we can go, go, we can go much further. We can build peace, not only for the humankind, but for other species as well. We can be protector, protectors of the earth of the whole environment. And who knows that one day the ants, the termites will learn from us the way of peace. It is the organic uh, function of the ant to build, to build a hill. And it, if you come to disrupt their work, they will begin again until they finish, they complete uh, the work. We humans, it seems that, 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 uh, that our biological function our spiritual function is to build some kind of hill also. For the well-being. Not only of the humankind, but also of uh, other living beings. <coughs> we know that the compassion and the loving kindness of uh, the Buddha 
is without uh, limits. We know that Sangha is our hill. We have to build our Sangha because the Sangha is the refuge for so many of us. The Sangha is capable of making peace not only inside of it, but outside of it. Because the Sangha is always growing, not like uh, an anthill, where they are closed. They think and they act only for the well-being of their own Sangha, their own, uh, their own community, their own organism. But thanks to the practice of mindfulness, concentration, and insight, we'll be able to build not only the peace, the joy, the happiness for our Sangha, but also the peace, the joy, the happiness for society. And as practitioners, we know that we have a hill to build ourselves, Sangha building. We know that uh, Sangha will be the refuge for many. Many of us uh, have the impression of getting lost in these days. And therefore, it's Sangha that expresses uh, tolerance, stability, safety, and joy is a refuge for all. Because the Sangha, when it is a true Sangha, always manifests the presence of the Buddha and uh, the Dharma. When I was a novice, I was given a definition of the word uh, Buddha. I learned that Buddha is someone who is awakened and who is working for the awakening of other living beings. And when the, the, the career, the career of uh, enlightenment has been finished, then he will be called a Buddha. It's very interesting. And as uh, a novice monk, I already reflected uh, deeply on that definition. The Buddha, see, first of all, is an enlightened person and who is working for the enlightenment of others. And when the work of self-enlightenment and uh, enlightenment of others have been finished, he becomes, he is called a Buddha. Tự giác. Tự giác means self Enlightened. Yatha enlightening other people. Yakhan being man. The completion, the fulfillment of the action of. Uh, 
of enlightening people. So when I saw that definition, I had the idea that the Buddha, the Buddha still continues his way of enlightenment. Enlightenment is a living thing. Enlightenment is a living reality. And the Buddha is still practicing through you, through me. Because the first function of a Buddha is to get enlightenment within. The second function of a Buddha is to is to help other living beings to get the enlightenment. And we know that the work is still going on. Shakyamuni Buddha is still practicing. That is what I saw when I was a novice. And Shakyamuni Buddha is practicing in you, in each one of us. We practice in order for our enlightenment to manifest Every day, we practice so that the enlightenment can be born in the other person. And we are continuing the work of the Buddha, namely the Buddha is still practicing in us, in every one of us, until the work of enlightenment is achieved. The act of enlightenment is fully achieved. So please do not think that the Buddha is now resting. (laughs) The Buddha is very active. And you are his, you are her continuation, working for your enlightenment working for the enlightenment, awakening of uh, other species. And that is the kind of heal. We humans, we are to build. Building Sangha so that the Buddha continue to practice to us. You may think of uh, Jesus in the same terms, Jesus is still working. That is why we call him the living Jesus. And my book, Living Buddha, Living Christ, expresses the same idea, the same insight. That the work of Jesus Christ is still continues. The work of the Buddha still continues. And we are the people who continue the work of the Buddha of Jesus for more understanding, more enlightenment. And uh, as I said, that uh, the best way to look at the Buddha is through the Sangha. And with the Sangha eyes, we will be able to understand the Buddha eyes. <coughs>